um, that we start recording. Oh, I love that. So keep going. You were talking talking about Kirk Franz. Oh, we were like talking that, about that picks us right up off from last week on Not a Football Podcast. I'm Jesse. Britt's here. Keelan's here. Grace is not. Um, that is unrelated to Notre Dame's loss. We are sorry. Um, but we do think that the next time she's here, Notre Dame will be in the win column. Probably. I don't know who they play next week. Do they play next week? They play UNC at some point. Siri, who does Notre Dame play next week? Cal. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Uh, 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 excuse, I'm sorry. 2-0 and Cal against 0-2 Notre Dame. Okay, 2-0 Cal against UC Davis and UNLV. So, like, let's moderate our expectations <laughs> That's who they – they play Davis? They really Correct. play Davis? They, they, oh, they play Davis. I this guess they fun. do because I guess it's the system school, sure. Okay. Right. And it's, like, it's sort of like the regional rivalry. Like, Davis is only, like, an hour away. But it's not at all at the same time. It's mostly just kind of embarrassing for everyone that one? involved. Cal does, yeah. yeah usually. Most it is one of the few reliable wins that they have on their schedule, typically. I feel slightly bad. Like, I know a lot of, obviously, growing up in the area, I know a lot of Cal alums. <laughs> um, but but they they wouldn't disagree with me, I feel like. So I'm, I do at least feel safe saying that. Oh, that's fair. Think about reliable wins that you can bank on, and you think, you know, Texas A&M is there. They got a big stadium, seats 100,000 people. Bring in, you know, a small school from uh, North Carolina. It can't hurt anybody. Oh, shit. Wait, that was Appalachian State. <laughs> uh, Underrate App State at your peril. I feel um, like reliably, just about every year, at least once, App pulls this off one way or another. Like they have some crazy upset or they get like perilously close. So they've already gotten two in this year where like spiritually they, they won the first game and then they quite literally won this week. So. Well, yeah. And then it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, yeah. I mean the rest of their schedule after this, okay. They have Marshall, which will be interesting based on the Notre Dame upset, but. Marshall is better than Notre Dame, which is worse than Cal. So, so by the Cal, Cal would exactly. beat Texas A&M by 75 points. There you go. I think that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the math checks out. Well, I mean, I Davis is the Aggies, and that's a, you know, that's a clearly better Aggies than A&M. So. There you go. We've got to work that Again, the, the math checks out. So UC Davis joins the Pac-12 to replace USC. <laughs> they should probably get App State in there too. I mean, if so long as why like not? if if you know if UCLA and Rutgers are going to be in the same conference, why not App State and UC Davis? Geography clearly doesn't matter anymore. Like, I feel like the letting Missouri into the SEC was the beginning of the end. Just opening the floodgates. That, yeah, that was the first salvo in the war on geographic <laughs> definition. So I do, I do remember when that happened, and I was pretty not even like defensive of the South, but I was also like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> right. I think that was you guys the, just rolling yeah. in now. <laughs> right. That was like the collective response. It's like, no, 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 no. You're not from here. Like, what are you doing? Who invited yeah. you? 
but and that is still sort of the attitude towards Missouri. So yeah, I've also, I mean, honestly, There's going least... to Missouri, going to Missouri is like okay, maybe it does belong. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. not it's yeah. not St. Louis and Kansas City. It is in that Columbia is in that patch in the middle. It's a good place to stop for you know a meal on the way in between the two. Right. Um, however, there are definitely key differences. I mean, but once you get Arkansas in the SEC footprint, it, it kind of became at least reasonable. Maryland is the one that tips it for me. Like Maryland, I still think of Maryland, like Maryland, especially in basketball season, like the fuck is Maryland doing playing Northwestern in February? That, that shouldn't be. Maryland right. should be playing Clemson and Wake. Yeah. Right. Like we live in a society. We know how this is supposed to be arranged. What are you doing? Yeah. Maryland do this. You know what? We don't even need to talk about Maryland football because it's September. They either won and it doesn't matter or they lost and it really doesn't matter. Uh, There's also plenty of stuff to talk about um, that does matter. Like, um, I don't know. What what does matter? We won't. You know what we should do? We should take this moment because we're going to have to say goodbye to them for a while. And and Keelan, I know that you're going to have some thoughts on this. the end of the Scott Frost era at Nebraska, which also ties in with App State because uh, Georgia Southern um, is on the schedule. Is on on who's yeah. on uh, App State schedule? Well, sure, they're conference rivals. Yeah, and that's going to be yeah, cool. Sun, that's going to be the like peaking the moment where we know they all combine. The and Sun Belt. Bo- the Sun Belt might be the one true conference. Yeah, they're having they're having all the games. They're destroying everyone's expectations. Although it's I don't the think fun belt for a reason. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anybody didn't expect Scott Frost to stay, but or get not get fired. But I think that game was the one that was like, oh, this is going to be the one, huh? Yeah. yeah, I don't think I expected him to get fired in September. No, <laughs> yeah, no. I we were just talking about it last night, husband. Nebraska fan. We were talking about it. And I was like, so, I mean, after they lost, he was like, oh yeah, this is it. But we talked about when that might be. And it was like after the buyout, which was October 1st. So, right. yeah. Right. That's I mean, like, it seems so obvious, right? Like how much more harm can you really do? Like, look, let's be real. The season's probably washed at this point anyway. Um, so sure. Save yourself however many millions of dollars. He's a school legend. They couldn't wait two more weeks to get him the fuck out. <laughs> no. I mean, that just is an indicator of like how badly this went tits up, though. That yeah. they were like, no, we don't even care. Yeah, great. You're a legend, whatever. Yeah, we could get. Well, yeah, it would the fact that you're money. a legend is why you got to start the season. Right, right. And we're going to, well, as, as a gesture of uh, appreciation for something uh we'll let you have the extra guaranteed money on your contract and not wait two weeks that's great yeah. too because they were like get the I'm hell thinking, out i'm thinking that about thanksgiving i don't know i don't know where their game is that they they still play on thanksgiving weekend this year iowa nebraska assuming yeah that's yeah that's usually when it happens. and that's the annual I, yeah. i'm just imagining whenever that it's game is like uh, kirk rolling in they're like what happened to that other dude? <laughs> Look, uh, that is 
that oh, that game, I am already so excited for the absolute crime against football that that game is going to be. <laughs> like, just it, look, that game is probably against the Geneva Convention. There's going to be a Sally Struthers commercial about like send 77 cents a day to Iowa football. Just, oh, there's no, it's going to be so bad and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. Uh, I went to it last year and it was rough, but this year maybe I should go again because it'll be very rough again. <laughs> but it's like a whole fun funny. new way. So yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> oh, oh what, goodness gracious. What do they do? What do they do? Like they can't. I, I mean, the, the, the problem with thing. firing, a, yeah, the problem with firing a coach in September is that you you really you need a new one but it's not like there's a lot of available talent because uh, everybody else has a job so it gets a little dicey um, I do think though Jesse you mentioned this earlier this week there is there is one man who might be right for the job <laughs> who is currently available Urban Meyer Oh, no, no, but yes. Not who I was thinking. Not who I was thinking, but yes. Like, no, Herb, yes. Herb to Lincoln. That's about, yeah, that, okay. Oh, God. Delusions no, but, of grandeur. God yeah, complex. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, and the whole willingness, thing about, like, willingness to skirt all the rules in the name of success on the football field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He already has plenty of red and white clothing. True. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska, we may have solved your problem for you just right here. Problem is, he would be going from wearing an O to an N, and having those two letters next to each other in his closet might make his brain explode. <laughs> That's true. Oh, God. Oh, but, okay, so the, who I was actually uh, thinking of, though, Although now I'm just going to be stuck on on Urban with Coach O. Oh, that oh, chaos, chaos. And oh, if, if you uh, thought if you thought Brian Kelly at LSU was weird, can I interest you in Ed Orgeron at Nebraska? I mean, I think he would he would make it interesting, um, and I think. I'll go men's basketball again, since apparently that's on my brain. Um, but Coach O has always reminded me of Bruce Pearl. Um, never thought that some of the schools that Bruce Pearl has turned into powerful basketball programs were schools that were capable of that. So, yeah, just because I think Nebraska is currently a dead-end program with no hope of ever getting back to the heights that it once occupied in the sport, just for you know, reasons that have been discussed by far smarter people than I. Um, I don't want to do that to him. I want I want Coach O in a in a school that um, has a little more pep to like like Yeah, I mean like he was perfect for L S U. Like he's he's too much of a showman for Nebraska. He's perfect for L S U and so I think then the natural transition uh, for his next act is either uh, Maction or the Sun Belt. Although, now that I'm thinking about it, like, you know, do two years on the farm, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, clean himself up. He goes like eleven and one the second year. You know, goes to the conference side. You know, goes. You know, wins the Big Twelve West. Um, yeah, they get pounded by whoever. You know, Ohio State or Michigan the championship game. Ohio State. Um, and then he just you know pisses off to uh, Miami at that point because Mario Cristobal's too boring. Um, I like the fun. I like the fun belt as a rehab place for it for Coach O though. I enjoy that. Um, the one like I wonder about like if the budgets there are big enough to support his proclivities. Well, I would wonder even. Yeah. Well, not that not that it's not. No, it may not even be big enough at Nebraska. <laughs> they did just spend. Seven million dollars to get rid of somebody, though. Yeah, but he can just he can just go right up to Pete Ricketts and schmooze him and get all kinds of you know just sidle right on up to that family and, and gouge him for all they're worth. And I hope he does. Speak of God, I'm a godly man. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I just I'm I'm just looking back on the past couple of weeks of the whole Scott Frost experience, and it's just. So much has happened in so little time, and it's kind of incredible. I feel like I need like a 30 for 30 or something already. Man went from Ireland, press tour, face of the sport in another country, Mr. Worldwide, to out on his ass in two weeks. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, look, he, he... runs the the risk question mark of giving Bobby Petrino a run for his money in terms of working the least to be paid the most. So he runs that risk, but the extended tenure that he was able to have at Nebraska in spite of literally becoming a joke where people are like, fuck is scott frost day where have i heard this before like it like you know shut down fullcast turn that into a thing like over a course of years of him being a joke um so i think if if he wants to get on the bobby petrino plan he's gotta you know he's gotta up his self-immolation game that's the important thing you can't be like Mr. Stable, like I'm gonna he's too boring. Like that's no, that's, that's like, true. That's true. You you need out here hire... thinking that like telling stories about players vomiting is like interesting. <laughs> right. No, he needs to he needs to get some better finesse than uh needs a PR consultant or something. Cause... Oh god. Yeah. I... There's just a lot of weird the whole end of it was weird. I mean it was already kind of weird before, but just the way it's yeah, I mean, it's been a weird few weeks um, and ended in a, not a weird way, but definitely, yeah, like they could have waited a few more weeks, not well, and expecting is, an immediate turnaround. Right. It's, it's the weird sort of confluence of it is absolutely the right decision, like that you cannot continue to let that man run a power five football team, but also like. It's the middle of September and the dude just got fired. Like that is still just difficult to wrap your head around. 
I feel like that also kind of sends a weird message to like whoever it is that you want to hire eventually or whatever recruiting there is or anything that like you're a program that just fired a coach in September. That looks like shit. Like there is something to be said for just like, all right, we've lost to Northwestern and Georgia Southern. This is going to be, we're not going to be the best three and nine team in the country this year. Um, so I, I think there is something to be said for just like sitting and being like, because they're not going to get better under interim whoever. Yeah. That's why. Uh, yeah. Um, it is. What is the guy's name? Ricky Joseph. Um, who is the interim? We I watched the presser today and it actually was pretty good. Um, well handled and just the way they talked about it was like cut and dry. I mean, there was the outstanding question of why didn't you guys wait just two more weeks, two and a half more weeks. But overall they were just like, obviously this is not of a standard. And after that happened, yeah, we're not, we're not going to keep doing this. Um, yeah. I, I don't know that I would recommend anybody to spend time watching the presser, but it was like very, it was good. Um, but yeah, the uh, interim head coach, he, yeah, I think it'll be good. It'll be interesting though, to see who they go for. Cause like, yeah, who, at this point, who can you, <laughs> like, it seems like you're just going to finish the season. So why not wait two, two and a half more weeks and save some money. Right. Which I think is sort of what makes it, makes the firing weird, even though again, it was absolutely the right decision, but like, what, what do you do with the rest of your season now? Like, it's a very weird situation and it does almost, I mean, it kind of almost puts you in a position where like you're kind of punting the season. And the only reason you fire the coach at this point is because you don't want the players who are going to be there for a couple of years more potentially, you don't want to screw up their development and you want to keep them engaged so that they don't end up in the transfer portal and you don't end up with your talent base just absolutely decimated. I mean, you do a coach change, you're going to end up with a ton of guys in the transfer portal anyway. I don't think there's any way around that. It's just kind of like when you are a bad program, you are going to wind up with players. Any your good players are going to go in the transfer transfer portal. I mean, that, that's um, you know, if there is something to be said about like you know the transfer portal and, and professionalization, whatever. Um, Good for them because can you imagine like if you were a talented player on the Pittsburgh Pirates and you had the option to get out of there after two years to actually go to a good team instead of having to wait for six? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, in college where you have this limited span of years that you can play, get out. Yeah. Also, I've never under, I, well, I did used to, but, or, or at least I never, but since I came around to it and, and just sort of as a way of thinking, what is the big deal about transferring anyway? Like I, I almost, you know, I'm glad I didn't because I wish, you know, I, I met my wife my senior year um, and we've been together ever since. Um, so my life would be totally different, but like it would have been really awesome to go to two different colleges and like get a different experience and like see more of the world. I mean, I, yeah. I went to two basically polar opposite schools and I'm really glad I did. 
it was a very cool experience and I got wildly different. Like I went to a tiny women's liberal arts college in New England and I went to the state. So like, again, complete polar opposite experiences. And I do think, especially when you're in college, like you're young and you don't know what the hell you want out of life or who you are or what you're doing or anything yet. So yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for like being able to change that up. And if you are already like an, an elite athlete, I can see that there's potentially even that many more advantages because maybe you realize that you would really benefit from like a very different environment or a very different coaching style or a very different like style of offense or Yeah. And whatever. I think I think that definitely is true. So my brother played college football at Georgia from like nineteen ninety to two thousand three. They obviously could not transfer easily back then. And sometimes my family will talk about it and um, the way, and they're not trying to be rude about it. Like I think overall they're very supportive because like those guys, I mean, especially for big guys, my brother was an offensive lineman. So it's like, they need to eat a lot and like they cannot get enough food on like, or at least back then on a meal plan that they had. They're like two huge dudes living in tiny dorm rooms that are crappy I mean, you know, like if you have two, like over six, four, 300 pound dudes sharing a tiny dorm room, like that's crazy. Um, and then just like a lot of, a lot has changed, but sometimes when my family talks about transferring now, it's almost like the way people, not my brother, but my parents kind of, it's almost like the way people see, um, you know, staying at a job and like basically sticking through it. It's a very like, like you're saying, Britt, it's like, why not if they have better opportunities? Um, so I feel like that's like an old fashioned mindset because I mean, there's so many examples where it works out if they do transfer. Well, and there's that whole, the whole narrative about like, oh, you don't want to quit on the team. And I think that extends then to this of like, well, you made a commitment and like, that's true. But I think what we're starting to realize, and I think the athletes are starting to realize this too, that that commitment goes both ways and that if the team is bad, or the coaching situation is not a good fit for this player or whatever, then the, the school isn't holding up their end of that bargain either. Yeah. Like, there, it's a good, there was it's a an good agreement. Shift. So, Yeah. Cause it sounds, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was like any kind of like way, job. It was a job where, yeah, sure. There are perks to it, but it's still a job and you're still like giving up. If my brother, like he, his career ended because he had um, like a, a back injury and basically the doctor was like, you can't play anymore. If, if you ever want to like play backyard football um, with your kids, you need to quit playing that kind of thing. So it's like, literally he gave up his body in a way for a school and he was getting paid like, or taking care of like shit. Like, yeah, he got a free education, but how good is that to a certain extent when you're actually giving up like parts of your body? So yeah, totally. I'm glad. I'm way glad it's more equitable because it was crazy. Um, and especially, you know, my brother, like we're, we're privileged. We're from a privileged background. Some of these guys who they're the first in their family to go to college because football gives them that opportunity or, or like maybe they don't do well in school and then what do they do? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. They don't set these guys up for success after having them kind of sacrifice <laughs> sometimes sacrifice like a shit ton so yeah i'm su- i'm super glad it's changed and gotten better in that way and i think that 
there's a big difference when you talk about like, oh, you're quitting on your teammates. That's, you know, it's one thing when you're leaving like in the middle of something, but like if you get to the end of the season, you're like, you know what, next season, I think uh, I'd be better off and maybe the team would be better off. Like that's not quitting. That's just making us the kind of smart decision in life that college is supposed to teach you how to make, let alone that if, if you're viewing, you know, college in general as professional development um, and there's professional development for, for football players, you know, how much better of a pro and we can, you know, segue into pro pro talk a little bit this way uh, with the time that we have left, how much better is Jalen Hurts because of the chance that he had to play, you know, in two different systems, styles, conferences, both at an elite level at Oklahoma and Alabama. And, you know, how much more prepared is he for the NFL because of that? Well, and I think especially with quarterbacks, it's, it's even more stark because if you get pushed out, that's it. It's not like if you're really basically any other position where, yeah, you're going to get reps. You yes. might not be the first choice all the time. But if somebody else comes in and sort of elbows you out of your position or whatever, you're still going to play. And you and you're, there's still a very good likelihood that you're going to play a lot. You're a quarterback. Either you're playing or you're not. And it's sometimes, yeah, somebody comes in and, you know, the Jalen Hurst situation, like, that is not that unusual in a lot of ways. Like, you've got, you know, player development happens at different rates. Injuries happen. All of those different factors that Put you in a position where, like, you know what? This school isn't the right fit for me anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I find it um, – I don't know. I kind of find it admirable when some of – I mean, like, Joe Burrow did the same thing. He left Ohio State for LSU. I find it admirable that they can do that. Like, that takes – that shows a lot when they're like, this isn't working. I know I can do better. Maybe they can't. But sometimes they do in a huge way. Um, one that I've been, like, writing about and looking at – lately just because of my fandom of the Titans is Malik Willis. Like he did a weird route where he left Auburn for Liberty, which is strange, but it's really worked out for him um, because who knows if he, he ever would have gotten looks at Auburn. So yeah, good for them for doing whatever works for them. And that concludes saying nice things about Liberty in any way, shape or form. (laughs) Come on, man. They got Hugh Freeze. Yeah. God. Oh, I don't know if you saw this, but I think it was a uh, uh, Northwestern had like their pride game for Pride Day on um, for like a lacrosse game or so. It may have been some other sport, um, but it was field Northwestern hockey. against field, field hockey. Yeah, field oh. hockey. Yeah, yeah, against Liberty, which is brilliant. Perfect. Well, well done, Northwestern. <laughs> yes. And that concludes saying nice things about Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Don't let her, don't let uh, Colleen hear that. <laughs> Colleen, this episode is not safe for you. <laughs> um, the, the Titans. What? Oh, there's, there's the groceries. The groceries as predicted have come. And that concludes saying anything about the Titans. And that concludes saying, well, I would like to say that the, the New York Giants are one and oh for the first time in like six years or something. Uh, um, that is so grim. Thanks to the Titans missing field goal. Um, but also, <laughs> thanks to 
the um thanks to the I, I am trying to speak and but also thanks to Brian Dable who like coaching debut um goes for the goes for the win um obviously then the defense barely holds at the end but a missed field goal still counts it's good um the field goal was not but the Giants are now um yeah doorbell rang um <laughs> and Yupi has joined us now um <laughs> as, as he can, uh stop barking at us um but we we are that's that's how it goes um we were close to finishing but we didn't quite um so the groceries are here for me um i will go deal with that and um, let you guys grouse for a moment about um your respective sundays uh with football because it was apparently a bad weekend for everybody just football wise except for me but i'm not really somebody who cares about the giants anymore you kept your expectations low yeah that's That's the way to do it that's the key moderate expectations um yeah boy i don't know it was a week um i didn't even watch all the niners game because it was just uh, wow! Nightmare. Yeah, it was yeah. a mess. I mean, first of all, they were playing in a swamp, and I and I don't mean the metaphorical kind, like in Gainesville. Like it was disgusting, and I just I hate games like that. I know some people love like wild weather conditions and and whatever, but like that was gross. And it was bad. It just I, I was convinced that somebody was going to blow an ACL every play. Yeah. Because it's just asking for a non-contact knee injury. Yeah. Um. So, I'm 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 kind of whatever with that. Trey Lance uh, is Trey Lance, and he'll be fine. I think. Like oh, that was. It, this is just like those were not playing conditions that were going to really tell you much of anything about anything. Yeah. Um. And look, the reality of the Niners is that when you take George Kittle out of the scenario. Uh, it's just, it's just wildly different. He, he is one of those players that just really makes the team run in such a huge way that like when he's out, you're going to feel it. And I think especially with a brand new quarterback, pretty close to brand new, I should say, brand new quarterback there. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't have wild expectations of the Niners this year. But I think they'll be good. And so I'm not really that concerned about one game. Yeah. Given that it is such a very weird. It was. The field was so bad. I, it it's one of those. Awful. Like, if if this was a baseball game, I mean, well, one, it would definitely be canceled. But two, like, right. I, I'm thinking of, like, the Cleveland White Sox game where it was, like, the field was, like, super sloshy. And just, I mean, it was the same situation. Right. People were freaking out, and it's just like, yeah, like you pointed out, I mean, these same kind of injuries could happen. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. Right. It's just... <laughs> could happen here, too, so. Right. Yeah. Just, it just seems like it's asking for trouble. Um, the hi- I will say, though, the highlight of my weekend, uh, despite the fact that it was a loss, was the Fresno State-Oregon State game. Yeah, you were looking forward to that one a lot, too. I was looking forward to it. It lived up to the expectations, even though I really obviously was hoping the Fresno State was going to pull it out. Um, It was a bonkers game. It was a great game. 
went right up to the last second. Um, Jay Kader. The most fun. That's the Those thing. Are the like, most fun. Yeah. Especially and, like college. With NFL, I'm like a little too, I'm like, I'm too intense about this. With college, right. though, I'm like, I don't care. If it's a great game, that's wonderful. Right. And I think, I mean, fundamentally, it's about the outcomes, right? But like in the NFL, it's like every game has such huge stakes when you're trying to, you're thinking about the playoffs from like the moment the season starts because each week is so huge. It's so, you know, it's the polar opposite of baseball that way. But yeah, I mean, with college football, it's like, yeah, you want to go to a bowl game. It's fine. Like that's really, unless you are one of like half a dozen teams in any given year, you you just want to have a good time and like go to a not terrible bowl game at the end of the year. Like that's about the expectations. So um, it does make it a lot easier to just like have it be fun. And Jake Hayner and Jalen Marino Cropper are such a crazily fun combination. Um, They both do things that just make me uh, giggle like a child on a regular basis. And, and I love it. And I think they will almost definitely lose to USC next week. And I kind of don't care because it will probably be really fun in the process. And if they do manage to upset USC that I, I am going to ride that for the rest of forever. There are like four USC fans in my life and I'm apologizing to them in advance uh, because I will be insufferable for the the next six months minimum. Yeah. Sometimes that's all, sometimes that's all you need is that one upset to carry you forever. (laughs) Um, Yeah. The Alabama, Texas game was pretty crazy. A bigger game, but yeah, I definitely did not expect Texas to do that. So, almost an upset. Uh-oh. Jesse may be talking and we may not be able to hear. I I was talking. Um I was I was asking for quiet from the child who has wandered out of bed now that the grocery delivery has mercifully finished. You guys, I've been listening the whole time. I, you guys have Oh, there's a kitty. There's a kitty here. This is dude. Uh, hey, dude. She's here to hang out. You'd be apparently barking at a kitty just appearing on a screen or being the word kitty being mentioned. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want Scott Frost to replace the guy who just delivered these groceries. Because um, it was like he didn't know how to unload his truck. I, I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> the guy's deal was but here we are uh yeah you you should certainly not glean anything from a game played in um a water park uh but that would be a good (laughs) use of soldier field and that space like if the bears are going to move out to the burbs do it do it first of all this this is something that came up in a different group chat um that i was having this week with some friends um why are they why why has nobody ever thought about like just turning Comiskey into a two sport dome? Like Okay, here is a crazy thing. So one yeah, funny you bring that up because I was joking earlier today and I was like, why don't they just cancel the football game at this point and do like slip and slides on the field? Two, they are going to build a new stadium in Arlington outside of Chicago. You can get there by Metra. Most people will probably drive. But it is apparently the the family is asking, they're saying it can't be 
a dome or have a retractable roof unless there's help raising extra funds. I'm like, uh, why would we even build something that doesn't have that at this point? We don't have a dome in one of the biggest cities in the U.S. Yeah. And I don't understand it. We have so many shitty owners. <laughs> like, it's um, insane. <laughs> I, I, this was what I said to my friend from Chicago. Take it from somebody who lives in a city where they built multiple stadiums in the 2000s without any domes on them. You want at least one building in your city to have a roof. Yeah. I don't understand it. Like, they could make, yes, it's expensive, but also, like, so is canceling things. I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of, like, insurance stuff from that. I have no idea. But I'm like, what the hell? You can have concerts. You can have yeah. laser, like laser you, light shows. I feel like you must, even if there is, like, insurance for the event itself, you've got to lose money on concessions and all the other stuff, too, because people aren't going to come when the weather's terrible. Like They will in how, Chicago. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe that's true. Bears fans are, something's not right with them, so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, that could be said for all of us, because we we have spent this weekend um, with Florida and poor poor Grace with Notre Dame uh, being winless after two games, spectacularly. For the rest of us, um, Nick Saban had to watch somebody celebrate winning a game. That was terrible for him, and he immediately screamed at them. Um, Don't be happy. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best part of that game. Like everything else, the drama, all that. Man, no, Nick Saban yelling at a kid for being happy. That's what I got out of that. Um, my my biggest that... concern there is that uh, is this the thing that makes Nick Saban so angry that he just goes like super cyan and. Uh, Bama then does not win a game for the next five years or something that will just make me want to throw someone into a lake. They were happy about beating Texas. <laughs> right. What happened next? <laughs> right. This is this is Nick Saban's villain origin story. If he wasn't already like if he hadn't already gotten there, it, it's like it Lex be. Luthor being bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So the the other thing that made me happy and it, it um, excited let's let's go out on a on a happy note. I watched um, I just happened to turn on Monmouth Fordham uh, because it was on it was on SNY. Um, I guess Monmouth has a deal with SNY because it was a Monmouth production. Uh, Fordham beat them that despite um, Monmouth's running back, whose name I should look up. I do know exactly how many yards he ran for, which was 299. Uh, Jaden Churden, 13 carries, 299 yards. Fordham beats Monmouth 52 to 49. It was wild. It was, there were over 700 yards of offense at the half. Um, Nobody could tackle anybody. It was wild. Um, all offense, all the time. As, as my mom would say, the defense didn't get off the bus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, stumbling into that and um, and then having that take my Saturday all the way through to uh, the fire-eating man at BYU-Baylor. Um, <laughs> culminating in Baylor losing, which is lovely. Um, not going to say nice. That's, that's who we won't say nice things about today is Baylor. Um, this podcast is sponsored by 
not Baylor. Not Baylor. And definitely not (laughs) anti-Baylor. I'm I'm just waiting for uh, Save the children from Iowa. Also happy we didn't get sued by the University of Iowa Children's Hospital this week. That was a happy thing. Uh It's parody. Yeah, what 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 uh what made oh. you guys smile this weekend? Uh well I'm gonna go back to uh Fresno State and Jake Hayner again because I just find them I find them delightful. And okay. it is the thing I love about Fresno and having lived there saying nice things about Fresno is still like a little weird, uh despite my fondness for the area on some level. But the thing I love about Fresno is that, uh, and this is true of like Mountain West teams in general, I think, is that it's just like a legion of people who are like mildly pissed off that they're not playing at a Power 5 school. So it's just, it's just a roster full of guys who are like a little nuts and always have a chip on their shoulder. Um, and extra so was Jeff Tedford, I think, because he has bounced back and forth between Fresno and Cal and all over um, clearly like clearly likes it in Fresno <laughs> future UC Davis head coach Jeff Tedford. Yeah. Uh, he clearly likes it in Fresno though there and I just think it's it's enjoyable it's this it's the thing that I think you like to see in college sports where it's just like people who really want to prove themselves and who like playing the game and who took the opportunity that was presented to them and are trying to make the most out of it. Um, and also Jay Kaner is a crazy person and he does something roughly like six times a game minimum that just makes me go like, what the hell was that? Usually in a good way. And I enjoy that. Yeah, I think similar. I mean, we were talking about both of these games earlier, but I don't, happy is a strong word. An interesting, exciting note, I think for me was, even though he is injured and I'm not seeing he's going to miss four to six weeks, um, kind of piggybacking off of both of our conversations about games from earlier and people who transferred and are doing successful, um, that the Texas quarterback, Quinn, I don't know how to say his last name. Is it's Ewers or Ears or something like that? I want to say Ewers, but I spent Um, parts of Saturday listening to it said on television. Yeah, same. Um, Although it might have been on mute, to be honest with you, um, because sometimes I do that. But yeah, Yeah. I think I think it was exciting to see him do really well. Unexpected. Um, Sucks he got hurt. It's good to know. I just, like I said, saw the update about his injury. So it'll just be interesting to watch and see how he goes through the rest of his career. And um, as I said a few times this weekend, it's interesting to see how uh, Nick Saban has like created his own competition. So (laughs) when he yells at his players, that makes it even funnier because it's like, you did this to yourself. (laughs) Right. I learned it from watching you. (laughs) Exactly. Gave everyone your playbook. The the one other note of joy from the Alabama Texas game um, hearing Texas fight uh, is not what I was thinking of to say right now, but that, that did just pop into my mind. I love that song. So it's, it's a perfect like college football marching band song. You hear it, you know, like you're watching a Texas game. Uh, anyway, 
Gus Johnson getting the exact appropriate amount of joy out of Texas's kicker being named Auburn as he lined up to try to beat Alabama with that field goal. Uh, that was that was very enjoyable. I, I like when Gus is on top of it like that. Yeah, Look, it was an interesting analyst squad this weekend. And and the the kicker named Auburn trying to with Texas trying to beat Alabama, I feel like it sort of segues nicely into the Holy Cross winning on a Hail Mary. Because sometimes the universe just aligns in a perfect way and it makes you wonder, are we in a simulation? Was that on purpose? Or is just entropy inherently entertaining sometimes? There was a maybe that was the touchstone for the entire rest of the football universe not making sense for most of the weekend, except for Georgia beating the crap out of uh, whatever uh, was it Furman that they uh, no I don't, I don't remember who they played, but it was Georgia a lot, other team I think zero. Um, Something made sense at least with yeah, the status. That, yeah. Oh, Sanford. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I almost went to college there. I did not. Thank God. (laughs) It's a Baptist school. (laughs) You have to go to church if you go there. Uh, And I can, I can close it out there with, uh, (laughs) with one more thing that just ties us back to men's college basketball. I'm pretty sure they ran the uh, Princeton offense and that's why I don't like them. (laughs) You know what? And that's That's an interesting, yeah. Because I care about very little. I don't really care about my alma mater uh, very much, but I do care about hating Princeton and Harvard and Yale, but mostly Princeton. They can eat it, especially you, Ted Cruz. That's been not a football podcast where we do not say nice things about Ted Cruz, even though we do say nice things about Liberty obliquely. Baylor. Baylor. No, we didn't say nice things about Baylor. Never will. It's true. We never brought it back. No, they have no nice we have standards. This has been the end of saying nice things about Baylor. It will never happen again on Not a Football Podcast. Uh, Keelan, Britt, thank you guys so much for continuing to co-host us and carrying the fucking middle of the show. And uh... I learned a lot. I learned a lot in your absence, Jesse. I don't know. Yeah, you definitely get smarter when I'm not around, so that's uh, that's easy to say. <laughs> uh, you should just leave. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff, and we will see you next time. Thanks a lot.